some of you probably know this about me, but I, I grew up um, kind of in, we would always have like a, a small farm. Um, and so we would uh, raise animals, um, sheep and pigs and goats and rabbits and dogs and all kinds of stuff. Anything that wasn't bigger than us, pretty much, we, we raised. Um, and uh, we would uh, have little gardens uh, where we would, would grow uh, some plants and vegetables and that kind of stuff. Uh, my family, we were more with the animals. Uh, my grandmother uh, was the, she calls it a garden, but it was really like a full farm crop. Like she, every year would garden and then uh, she would fill up the whole family, like everybody she knew, she'd fill up their freezer with vegetables um, that would last a year. So um, not a small operation. Uh, this is the first year where she has not done the full garden. And so uh, she's said for years that she was cutting back. And so she finally has this year. Uh, but there's just something in me that, that enjoys that. I like being outside. I like, uh, uh, you know, growing stuff. Um, raising stuff, that kind of thing. Um, there's something too about when you live on a farm, you know, there's just certain work that you need to do. Um, and so there's something about it when you do something like build a barn and then years later you come back and it's still there. Um, you know, and there's just a certain level of satisfaction um, that comes in working with your hands and doing stuff like that. But uh, um, so it's, it's been a little bit of, of an adjustment for me in living in our house where we live. Uh, where um, from my house or my driveway, I can take two steps and be out of my yard. Um, and so it's a, a little bit of a, a different uh, setting. Um, uh, Kendra was our next door neighbor, so she watched me last year trying to make this little garden out of this little strip in the back. And so, um, yeah, I, I grew something back there. But uh, found that it was not the best location because it's about this wide and it's under trees, and so uh, you can't grow a lot back there. So this year, I'm excited that we were able to get uh, one of the plots in the community garden. Um, and so I have an 8 by 16 square, or rectangle I guess that is, um, that uh, I can uh, practice my farming skills in. And so uh, we've had fun as a family. We t- take Rowan out, and uh, so I was turning the soil over and everything, and Rowan, we got him these little little shovels, and so he was like shoveling away, helping Dad with, uh, with, uh, with it and everything. And so... Yes, his shovels are Paw Patrol shovels. That, that They even have Paw Patrol on garden shovels for little kids. Um, but hey, whatever works. So um, so we've had fun um, doing that. Uh, we have some actual plants uh, coming up. Um, some of them I just bought plants and planted the plants. Others I, I did seed. Um, I see Janine. I know she's a, an avid gardener. Um, and she probably can teach me a few things. Um, that's a good thing about being in the community garden here, um, is I'm getting to learn from all these other people that actually know what they're doing in the area, because I am far from an expert on, uh, on this kind of thing, but it's something that I do like doing. And so, uh, also I want to warn you, if anybody comes to look at our garden, um, if you have OCD, you should not go, um, because Rowan helped me in planting the seeds, and so I would dig the trench, and then he would throw the seeds in, and so instead of straight rows, we have rows that do like this. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of kind of fun, but it works. So uh, that leads into our passage for today. Uh, Jesus tells this story. Um, we're in Luke um, chapter 8, and I'm um, starting in verse 4. And he tells a story about 
um, he uses an illustration about farming. And he relates that to spiritual things. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. He's using uh, a form of teaching uh, that we refer to as parables. Um, Sometimes parables are hard to understand. um, And he was going to explain that uh, to us in this passage um, about why he teaches that way. And so starting in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds there devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. And so do you ever read passages like that and you're like, what is Jesus talking about? Like, why is he telling us about some farmer throwing seed everywhere? And like, what's, what is this even meaning? And that's what the disciples asked as well. So if you're asking that, you're in good company uh, because th- those who were closest to Jesus also were like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Um, and so in verse 9, and when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they're in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. And so what Jesus says is, I teach in parables for this reason. My Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can come along and illuminate this teaching to people and help them to understand what it is that I'm saying. Whereas others... Is, that is not meant for them at this time. They hear it, but they don't really understand it. They don't really get it. Um, and so then he goes on and he explains this parable. Uh, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So we could say that the seed is the gospel. It's the good news about Jesus. Um, the ones along the path are those who have heard... Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they have, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root and they believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And the fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And so we see in this passage that there's these four groups. Four groups of people, four kinds of soil um, that Jesus talks about. The first group is the seed on the path. Um, These are people who hear it and kind of immediately dismiss it. Um, The good news of God never takes root in their lives. Um, We we all know people um, like this where uh, you present the gospel to them. They're like, that's great for you. See you later. Um, I have nothing for that in my life. The next one um, is the seed among the rocks. Initially, they have faith. Um, Initially, they 
they show signs um, of being spiritual. Uh, they might even uh, do something like be baptized, um, things like that. Uh, but uh, then that faith, it quickly withers away. Um, when they, as the emotion fades, um, so does their walk with the Lord. Um, next is the seed and the thorns. Um, they have faith until either trials come or other things in the world become more important um, to them. And, uh, and then uh, they are quickly gone as well. But then the last is the seed that, that falls in the good soil. And these are people that hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And so the question is, and the most important question for today is, which kind of soil are you growing in? The most important thing is to look at our own lives and to examine what are we growing in. Well, the first, first thing we have to make sure we understand is what is that seed? What is that seed that's been planted? And the seed is the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the fact that Jesus came, the Son of God came, lived a sinless life, took on human flesh, lived a sinless life, and yet died on a cross paying the punishment for sin. He was buried, proving that he was fully dead. And then he rose from the dead. And we know that to be true because he appeared to many witnesses before he ascended into heaven where he's preparing a place for those who are his. And the question is, when that seed falls in your life, does it fall on good soil? Does it fall among thorns? Does it fall among rocks? Does it fall on a well-worn path where the birds can come and snatch it away. Have you categorically dismissed the gospel in your life? Are you like that first group that says, yeah, whatever with that, I have no place for that in my life. Or maybe in the past you had uh, an emotional experience um, where you were all on fire all of a sudden and then that fizzled away and there's nothing left. Or maybe uh, you were really trying to walk with the Lord and it even happened for a while. But then the carriers of the world, things happened in life, situations happened, and you kind of put that aside. Maybe it was even something that happened and you said, if God is really good and he really loves me, he would not have let this happen. So therefore, I'm not going to follow him anymore. Or maybe you're growing in the good soil. The truth of the gospel has gripped your life. It's what fuels you. You have an honest and good heart. It's holding on to the promises of Jesus no matter what this world throws at you. You know that this is where I stand. You have solid roots. In this passage, Jesus says that that these plants are even going to uh, produce a hundredfold. Can you imagine that growing you know, you put one seed in and you get a hundred back. That's a pretty good, pretty good little garden. You know, if I get a hundred tomatoes from all of my tomato plants, I'm going to be sharing a lot of tomatoes with you guys, all right? So, but, you know, just that kind of a, a produce is just kind of incredible to think about. But the important thing that we can skip over in looking at this is the fact that they bear fruit with patience happens over time it's not instantaneous some of it is but much of it happens over time 
And for those of us who are hopefully growing in the good soil and we're wanting to see this fruit in our life and we know that that fruit involves seeing other people, um, seeing the seed from us get planted in them uh, where they get to have this faith as well. They get to have the hope that we have. We see this in them and and a question that always comes up in this passage. um, And um, it's, it's the question of which of the soils go to heaven? Because we all know people who are all four of these categories, probably. And our hearts desire, especially for our loved ones, is we want them to be in eternity with us. Because we know the alternative, which is not good. And we want them to have that same hope that we have. We want to have that hope for them. And so, especially when we look at ones um, like the ones that were in the rock. We look at our loved ones and we can look back and we say, well, there is this moment in their life where, where there was signs, right? Like they had an experience with the Lord. There was something that happened there. And so but we, we can look at that and we say, because of that, surely they're, they're good with God, right? Um, or we can look at those and, well, they even, it was for a long time before things happened where they turned away. And so... We want to have hope for them. And that's kind of the most we can have is hope. Because according to scripture, we can't really have assurance of their salvation. The only of the four categories that we can be sure is going to be in eternity with God is the good soil. That applies for our lives and that applies for those who we care about. That's the only assurance we find in Scripture are those who are bearing fruit in keeping with the faith. And I know that's very hard for us to hear because these are people we love deeply and we want to see them have the same hope that we have. Um, We might even look to passages uh, that uh, um, will say things like, I will never leave you or forsake you, which is fully true. Um, If someone has faith, Um, genuine saving faith, uh, then yes, Jesus will never leave them. Um, They are eternally secure in him. If you have saving faith in Jesus Christ, that is not something that will leave you. Um, It will not be stripped away. Uh, Let's look at John uh, 6, uh, 35. It says this, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. But raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. And so what is Jesus saying? He's saying, if you come to me, you're mine. And you are secure. And you're completely safe in that. And there there is no ripping you away from me. If you have genuine saving faith, then you are secure. 
But he does say that even in the same passage that you have seen me and yet do not believe. There are those who see and they hear the gospel and yet they do not believe. John, the same author um, in 2 John 9, uh, he says this. 2 John is a very small book. So 2 John 9 says, Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. And so how is John saying that we can know that we have eternal security? How can he, how's he saying that we can know that we're good with God? It's that we abide in the teachings of Christ. That that's where we live. That's where our, our source of life comes from, our source of nutrients, our source of energy. It comes from the gospel. It comes from Jesus and what he's doing in our life. And, and we have to abide in that. And so this, can, this applies for our lives, but it can be really hard for us to handle when it comes to the people we love and we care about. And we look at their lives and we know that they are not abiding in Christ. But that is not there in their lives. There's people I care very, very deeply about who I do not have the hope of their salvation. People that there's a good chance that as a preacher I will be called on to preach their funerals. Who I love dearly. And in that setting, I don't know that I will be able to offer the assurance to those who are there that this person is in a better place now. And that breaks my heart. Because I want that for them. I've shared the gospel with them. I want them to have that same hope. I pray for them regularly. And that's one of the greatest things that we can do for people. So we can pray for them. Because what we really all need, what it really boils down to here in in Jesus' parable is what he ends with um, there in the beginning of the the first part in in the parable. He says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's the difference. Do we have ears to hear? And how do we get those ears to hear is the question. And when we look at that other passage in John, we get those ears to hear from God. He's the one that works that in our life. He's the one that does this for us. And so, as we pray for the advance of the gospel, as we pray for people who do not have yet have faith in Christ, our prayer should be, Lord, give them ears to hear. And uh, Paul picks up on this analogy, this farming analogy in 1 Corinthians 3, where he explains that, um, that, some t- that uh, he's, he's dealing with a situation where some people in the church are saying, I follow Paul, and some people are saying, I follow Apollos. And he says, who is Paul and who's Apollos? One planted and the other watered, but God calls the growth. And so that's the same is true for us today. 
Our job for believers, for those of us who are growing in the good soil, is the fact that our job is to plant and to water. And I find it a a very interesting thing um, in this passage is uh, we want to, when we come to farming, we want to, to use our modern processes of farming, right? And so... Uh, when I want to grow a plant, what do I do? Um, I try to pick a spot that has uh, good soil. Um, if it doesn't have good soil, I will go buy good soil and put it there um, to improve the quality of the soil. You want it to have a good amount of sunshine and light. Uh, you want to keep it free of weeds. Um, you want to make sure it has plenty of water um, so that it can grow. Um, And so you plant and you water, but you are very selective in where you do this. um, And even to the point of just putting, you know, the exact number of seeds uh, that you want to grow in that area. Or maybe um, two and then you prune it out um, to to let the plants grow effectively. And I, I think when we come to this analogy in scripture, we can bring this kind of mindset even to us planting the seed of the gospel. And we'll look at people and we'll say, ooh, ooh, no, I'm sure that that person is bad soil. There is way too many rocks in their life, and I do not need to even bother with that. Uh, I don't need to waste my time there. Um, That person is obviously a well-worn path, um, that the birds are going to snatch it away as soon as I throw anything out. So why waste my time? Uh, But this person over here, this person over here is good soil. And so I'm going to try to pour into this person, and I I think that's where my time needs to be spent. But the example that Jesus gives us is the farmer's just walking along, and he's throwing it everywhere. And he's leaving it up to God as to what kind of soil this is. And that's the approach that we need to have as well. We just throw out the gospel, we plant, we water. We plant, we water, and we leave it up to God to cause the growth. We don't know who he's going to do that in. You know, in in my life in ministry, I've been, uh, I used to really think kind of that first way. Um, You know, as a youth pastor, I would see kids come in and be like, oh, this kid is definitely the kid that God's going to use in a mighty way. And, um, And then that kid ultimately, you know, didn't really ever grab on to the faith. Um, and nothing really happened. Another kid would come in and be like, who is this bum? You know, like there are so many rocks in this person's life. And then years later, I get to see the way that God took that seed that was planted and he just stripped the rocks away. And he just made it, made that person into the best soil. And so it's not our human wisdom that we can figure this out. It's something that we need to leave up to God. And I hope that gives us hope, too, for those in our lives who we love and we care about. If we don't see that they're abiding in Christ. Hope that encourages us to keep planting and keep watering there. To not lose heart and to not give up. I was talking to Marjorie this morning before we started. and I knew she had some people, so I asked her who was the longest. Um, But uh, Derek and Marjorie are just faithful in praying for people um, who don't know the Lord. And uh, Marjorie said one of the ones that she prayed for the longest before they came to faith were her parents. 
And she prayed for them for 30 years. 30 years of faithfully praying that the Lord would plant the seed in their life. And then when they're in their 70s, that seed took root and it grew. And they placed their faith in Christ. And they became good soil. So don't lose heart. If your loved ones are still not there, keep praying. Keep asking the Lord to work in their life. And whenever there's opportunities to plant and to water, do it. Give them that. And so, some of the people in, in, that I think back on, uh, one, his name's Blake. And uh, he was a young man that started coming to our, our youth group when he was in high school. And uh, I don't know if you know Blake or not. He was a little, he was ahead of you. So, um, But uh, Blake's um, whole family was unchurched. Um, and he was um, in high school when they started coming. And their whole family came to faith. And we were all very excited about this. This is awesome. Um, it's great. Uh, but still, I mean, Blake was a very intelligent kid. Uh, he's still very intelligent, um, and uh, he was very into academics, and so kind of the what I thought God would do with him would, was that Blake will, you know, go to university, he'll get a, a good degree, and then he'll, you know, get a marketplace job where he serves the Lord there in that capacity. Uh, well, when he got into university, um, he did get a good degree. Uh, but the Lord also continued to work on his life, continued to grow him. And uh, when he graduated from university, he said, I'm not supposed to go for those big, high-paying jobs. Um, instead, what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to go um, to really dangerous parts of the world um, to plant and water. Uh, I'm supposed to go there to share the gospel. And so he has used um, the intellect that the Lord gave him uh, to learn Arabic, uh, to learn a new culture. And uh, he now serves in places that I cannot tell you where he is um, for his own safety um, because this does go out on the internet. Uh, and so um, that was one where I would have never picked that for Blake. In fact, when uh, when he came and was telling me what God was calling him to, we both just kind of laughed and we were like, four years ago, like, no way. We, there's no way either of us would have picked that this is what God was going to have you do. Uh, both of our interns uh, that are serving here this summer, uh, when, we, when we first met them, uh, when I first met them, though, if, God, if you had said, you know, they're going to serve with you in Canada um, in, you know, four or five years, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Maybe Rachel, but Zach, I mean, come on, you know, like seriously. Uh, but that's just the way that over time I've seen God working in both of their lives and just pouring into them and they're growing and they're growing and they're producing fruit in their life. And that, a lot of times in our own lives, maybe we want to see that fruit instantaneously. We want to see it happen immediately. We want immediate results because we're in a results culture. And if there's not results, then maybe this isn't worth doing. But what Jesus said um, at the very end of this passage was, and they bear fruit with patience. 
patience. It takes time. So have patience. Stick with the people you love. Because we are saved in an instant. But seeing the fruit of that salvation happens over a lifetime. Coming to the Lord and having that seed take root is an instant. It happens like that. And if for you, if that's never happened in your life and you want that, that could happen today. And you might be saying, well, hearing this, I don't know. I don't know what kind of soil I am. Well, Jesus is the ultimate farmer. And whatever kind of soil you think you are, he can make you good soil. And if your heart's desire is to come to him and to be um, a fruit-producing follower of Jesus Christ, he can do that in your life. He can make that happen. It's as simple as placing your faith in Him and asking Him to be your Lord and Savior and to do that for you. And He is glad to answer that prayer. And for those who we love and we care about, um, who just aren't there yet, let's keep praying for them. Let's keep praying that God will give them the ears to hear. Let's keep doing our part of planting and watering. I know it can get frustrating. I know at times you can get to be just like, why can't you get this? Be patient. Continue on. If you need, need notes on how to do that, talk to Derek and Marjorie. On how to just keep on keeping on. You plant and you water. You plant and you water. You plant and you water. Sometimes over and over and over again in the same soil. Or that you don't know if it's good or not. But you know that God can make it good. That God can do this. So keep on keeping on. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that, that the results are not up to us. That what you've given us to do in... Uh, and planting and watering. Ultimately, you cause the growth. And so we don't have to have the burden of, of whether or not um, we see the fruit that we want to see. But ultimately, we know that that's up to you. And that our job is just to continue in faithfulness. Um, and part of that means that we pray. That we pray for people. That we pray for people who need uh, the hope of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, uh, keep keep us faithful in doing that. Also, that we do share the gospel with them, that we plant those seeds. And so, open the doors in conversation for that to happen. And, Lord, and that we continue to water and to follow up with those people and to show them the love that you have shown us. That we give that freely out of the abundance that you've given us. We pray all this in the holy name of Jesus Christ.